sports fans rejoice. You're listening to my team, my voice with MTMV Sports. And now, the time fight fans all across the globe have been waiting for. It's the MTMV main card with your man, The Voice. As always, in the opposite corner, my mano imano, my verbal sparring partner, the man that claims to have the most luxurious skin on the planet. Now, I have neither confirmed nor will I ever confirm that information. I'm just going to take him at his word. None other than Iron Wiltress Ruffin. It's me. I'm here. It's 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 me. And and the, and the the rumors are true. I I wash my skin daily in Wakandan water. Um, it's I I don't I can't explain it. I can't tell you where I got it from because it's it's something that I can't share. But the ancestors gave it to me. So every time mm. I step out into the sun, I get the Bruce Leroy glow naturally. Okay. So Bruce Leroy ain't got it, and you got it sometimes when you got on your Ozels. But it's it's on me when I wake up. Okay. You know what I mean? But you know what time it is, boys. It's smoke o'clock. Smoke o'clock. I'm here with the man, the myth, the legend, the man with his own t-shirt. If you ain't got the t-shirt yet, I don't know what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it has the, the 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 bright neon lights on it because it, it screams voice. Voice used to be uh, the, the, the Shogun of St. Louis back in the 80s. Not, not used to be. I'm the oh, Shogun of Blackjack to this day. You hear to it? this day. You hear it. We got some great things to get into. We're going to talk some great things um, in the world of combat sports. You know how we do every Tuesday, 7.15 Eastern Standard Time. Uh, it's it's uh, the main card, MTMV Sports. But let's go ahead, voice, and get into it and get started because I know you have some things you want to talk about. Oh. UFC 285. Voice, so many things happen. Mm-hmm. So many things happened between uh, John Jones uh, reestablishing what many are calling his GOAT status, Valentina taking a shocking loss. What's it? Was, I mean, we even discussed last week that, yes, anything can happen, but it, come on now. It, so you're saying uh, okay. uh, what I'm going to say is. Uh, for all of the uh, listeners and viewers out there, pay attention to the words that are coming out of my mouth. I said when it came to Valentina that this bout was going to show one of two things, either that her fight against Santos was a misfire or that she was running out of gunpowder. And it seemed like it was the latter of the two. She was doing good. She was doing really, really good. Uh, until she wasn't that um, that spinning heel kick, much like what Chris Weidman did versus uh, Luke Rockhold, cost her the whole fight. Could she have kept up what she was doing and won the fight? It, it's quite probable possible. I mean, she was winning that round and she would have gone up three to one going mm-hmm. into the last round. Would she have had the uh, the energy to continue on is really the question because uh, she was getting her shots stopped by Grasso, uh, which changed the complexion of things because that was the only way that she was beating her. So I I, I got to see um, they were showing uh, behind the scenes footage of Izzy watching about and he was shocked. Uh, that Grasso got the tap out also. And, and even even reading up um, and, and coming into the show, I was reading up on that also. So I, I guess my first question to you is, where do the two fighters go from here? Because even when they when they asked Valentina, did she want the rematch? She said she wanted the immediate revenge, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I thought was just amazing in itself. So where what do you see happening next? How quickly do we get this rematch? Or does Grasso go uh, another route first and then come back? The UFC has set a precedent when it comes to long reigning champions. Mm-hmm. You held the belt for a couple years and you lose, 
then you get an immediate rematch. Look at the next pay-per-view, which is in just two weeks. It's an immediate rematch between Leon Edwards and Kamaru Usman. Uh, Israel Adesanya is going to be fighting next month in an immediate rematch. So again, if you have held the title for a while, the precedence has been set, you get an immediate rematch. So that's what's going to happen. When it happens is uh, the greatest question. Would they love to do something around Cinco de Mayo in Mexico City? Yeah, but for real, nobody celebrates Cinco de Mayo outside of the U.S., uh, with the exception of the place that Cinco de Mayo comes from in Mexico. So if they went there, which is Puebla, they went to Puebla and did it. Yeah, they, they do uh, gang buses. They do gang buses anyway, but if you're trying to link it to the Mexican community, Mexican-Americans, yeah, but Mexicans, not so much. Do it in September around uh, Mexican Independence Day? Yeah, then now you're, you're linking uh, with the people. Are they going to wait that long? Probably not because Valentina is one who generally does not take much time off. She's been a very active champion, one of the more active champions. Uh, Grasso didn't, she didn't even really look like she was in the fight. I mean, she had a little bit of swelling on the side of her face, but that was about it. Uh, so as long as there are no injuries, is happening in March or even uh, being the co-main on the uh, international fight card. Okay. Well, that's understandable. I mean, it, it'll definitely be great to see. Um, I'd love the excitement of it. It's one of the, you know, everybody knows I, I you know, before main card, I watched some, uh, some MMA, but I got a chance to actually watch that. And it was just like, Oh, Okay. So that's what it looks like. And everyone around me was just like, yeah, that they were shocked at, at how much it happened. Now, moving on from the shock to what I guess many don't feel was a shock, John Jones returned to form, of course. Um, were you shocked at how quickly he won? I mean, everyone was kind of expecting that he was he was going to uh, defeat Serogan, but were you shocked at how quickly he won? Um, and also his comments afterwards, what were your thoughts on that? I'll take it uh, last and first. So comments afterward, no, I wasn't shocked. I mean, this is John Jones. This is what he does. This is how, or I should say, as far as his on-mic presence is concerned, this is John Jones. So, no, him saying and calling out um, um, calling out Stipe. I mean, he called out DC after he won. So th this is nothing new. This is just John Jones. Uh, as far as how things happen, as we said, there were many questions to be answered in this fight. Um, one of the things is the editorial. Uh, I had heard that his fiance of 20 some odd years left him. Well, uh, they were showing a whole bunch of PDA on the way to and uh, in and out of the cage on uh last saturday so it is what it is god bless her um and i hope they all get the help that they need regardless could he do that yeah we knew that he could did i expect it to happen as easily as it happened no not at all i mean that that shocked like everyone and for me it still leaves some questions because it happened so quickly and so effortlessly, it's like, okay, I know he's good. I know he's really good. He can do it, you know, pretty much anything he did it, but he didn't even get hit. You know, he 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 didn't face any kind of adversity at all. You know, he just kind of got close to him, pushed him down, took his back. I mean, the 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 way that he did it was excellent. And if you uh, look online, you'll see, which is another something that I mentioned last week. Told you. Yeah, I got to listen to the words coming out of my mouth. <laughs> I said that him working with Henry Cejudo was a big thing. It was a bit questionable because of some of the people not being around, or at least to my knowledge, not being around. And I was wrong. Brandon Gibson uh, was working with him on striking. Uh, 
Jackson, Greg Jackson was in his corner, but they didn't have to say anything because he, he won so easily and quickly. What really did it for him, though, was that time with Henry Cejudo. Uh, someone did a split screen of Henry walking John through that specific scenario and what to do in that specific scenario. And he did it masterfully and became the champion. So um, with all that being said, it looks like John Jones is back and possibly better than before. Well, it was it was it definitely did not come without any kind of controversy. As I don't know if you got a chance to see it right before he actually came out for the fight, uh, the NAC actually stopped him because they felt he had too much tape. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, on his feet, and he even stated that if he couldn't have the tape on his feet, that he wasn't going to fight. So I, I it, it kind of made sense when it kind of made even more sense when uh, when they stated that Dana White had a backup just in case because of how problematic. They feel John um, can be. Before we wrap this up, I wanted to get your thoughts on um, Francis Ngannou. Uh, Dana White stated after the bout that uh, negotiations had completely broken off. Um, mm-hmm. Francis even stated himself that he didn't think that the bout between him and John Jones um, would ever happen. So before we go into our break, I wanted to ask your thoughts on that. As far as do you feel like we're ever going to truly understand, uh, truly ever get an understanding of who the real champion is as long as Nganu and Jones doesn't happen? Well, you said as long as that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, there will always be questions as long as that doesn't happen. Just like uh, there were questions regarding the greatest heavyweight when Fedor was in his heyday because he wasn't, uh, he didn't get a chance to face Randy Couture thought that uh, it was going to happen and then UFC uh, put a kibosh on that and they were never able to get it done for it to happen in the UFC so from that perspective um, yeah there there will always be a a question mark if and I stress if that fight doesn't happen because there's one thing that, that trumps everything especially in fight sports because this is, uh, they're fighting for a purse. They're fighting for money. And if the money makes it make sense, which it very well could, let John Jones be, beat Stipe and beat him as easily as he beat Gone. There's nobody else really out there for him. Mm. Th- there really isn't. And definitely not anyone that he'd be up to fighting. You know, so he, he wouldn't get up for the fight. He'd just it'd be another Dominic Reyes, uh, Tiago Santos, uh, 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 kind of situation, um, Anthony Smith kind of situation. So they're going to want to make a fight for John, and that's going to be about the only fight out there for him. The now that negotiations have broken off, and now that some of of Francis's true intentions have been put out there. You know, it's like, look, I wasn't looking for anything. I'm just looking for you all to make some kind of concession. Do you think that financially they will make those concessions to make uh, this fight happen when John has nobody to fight? Time will tell, but I, I feel like they they may try to give a little to get a whole lot. It just feels like they're setting themselves up to be backed into a corner because as great as John Jones is for the sport, it almost makes it seem like he's also problematic for the sport in that sense. If there's nobody else left, but you can't really blame that on John Jones. That's that's on Dana White. Dana White is the person who literally signs the contracts and makes all these things happen. You have to bring in more people. You have, uh, you have to bring in more people and you have to make it so that uh, people have an ability to see more exciting fights and see more things happen. This is the same thing that we've been talking about in boxing with no one being able to uh, make the big fights. If you have these opportunities, you have to put uh, your pride aside and you have to make those big fights. So that'll be definitely interesting to see uh, moving forward. Now, when we come back, we got some great things to get into. Bellator uh, 292, 
Zoo versus Jan. I'm, I'm sorry, Zoo versus Harrison. Uh, Jan is in action. And also, we get a chance to see Usman against Henderson in the Grand Prix Finals. Uh, we got a quick break with our Ozell brand, and we'll be right back. It's not just about the love of the game. It's about dedication and commitment through the process and the patience to endure. There's joy in reaching your goals and peace in knowing you've done all you're supposed to do. Ozell brand. It's not just a brand. It's a lifestyle. Shout out to our awesome sponsor. If you have not, please make sure uh, that you visit the Ozell brand website and get you a pair ASAP. You know how voice does. Voice be wearing them drinks. Voice, have you gotten some new pair yet? Or are you still rocking the rocking the, the, the voice originals? Uh, still, still, uh, still got my St. Louis specials. Uh, looking to add to my uh, my wardrobe with more things that uh, that'll match it. I saw this uh, Penny Hardaway throwback. I was like, ooh, ooh. That, that might that might work real well with a Moselle. So. You know, we, yeah, y'all, y'all got the XFL team out there now. Oh, yeah, we got, got the Battle Hawks. Uh, Lord's will, I will be covering uh, the inaugural game for the season mm-hmm. later on this week. Uh, and they definitely have the colors, so yeah, I'm, I'm getting some Battle Hawks gear. Uh, to, to rock with those elves. definitely MTMV. We always stand out there. Shout out to the homie V, man. Uh, she was definitely out there. We 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 get into it, we're doing all this for you. So let's go ahead and get into some amazing combat sports event. Now, in about where literally bad blood has been brewing since UFC 273, uh, no mercy is gonna be meeting the machine as former uh UFC Bantamweight champion uh Peter Yan is gonna be meeting uh Mir- Mirab at UFC Fight Night 221. That's going to be happening Saturday at the theater at the Virgin Hotels in Paradise, Nevada. Now, while the two fighters have never physically met, they're very familiar with one another after Yan made threats against uh, Algernon Sterling and his camp, which the machine was actually a part of. Um, this was something that Mirab took personally. He said that if he didn't have a fight, of course I would slap him. Especially, he said right before, when he was uh, getting to Aljo, Peter said, and I'm just going to repeat his words, when I see Aljo and Aljo's teams, we will kill and smash his team. That's what he mentioned. Like, what? I'm his team. I'm Aljo's team. He wants to smash me. Now, on top of getting revenge, Winfrey Mirab could place him within arm's reach of a bantamweight title shot. Now, the two fighters are literally coming in but they're going in significantly different directions with Mirab in his last eight. And uh, he's won his last eight. And Yan has dropped three of his last four with two of those losses um, coming to the machine's friends, uh, Alderman Sterling. So, Voice, I, I want to get your thoughts on Mirab's uh, thoughts process going into this fight. And where does Yan go after this? Because I mean, three of the last four you've dropped in, you, you've dropped, and you're still kind of. I would think you would come into this bout a little bit more humble. And on the media scrum, he has not been humble so far. <laughs> well, you know, when you are, you know, the the former champion, and when you have been as dominant as Marab has been, you don't get there by platitudes and 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 being nice. At least most people don't. You get there by talking that talk uh, and walking that walk. Now, granted, it's not the last four fights he's lost. He's lost three of his last five fights. He he won two, uh, but he's lost um, uh, three of those fights. And, yeah, it, it's as I shared last week when we talked about uh, John Jones. Uh, and Jan is a former champion in order to be a champion in combat sports or I should say fight sports uh we won't go down that road today and uh crispy's not here to talk uh pro wrestling so we won't oh, worry about that don't you uh, don't you hate on the greatest square sport uh square circle sport ever there's not a sport um so you have to be delusional to be a fighting champion 
And Jan is just speaking in his delusion to say all of these things because really, this is do or die time for him. Uh, you know, he got disqualified fighting Aljo. Then he beat former interim champ uh, uh, Corey Sandhagen. And then he's had back-to-back losses uh, to Aljo in a split decision and O'Malley in a split decision. So this is really for relevancy. If he loses this fight, then he goes to gatekeeper status. Marab, on the other hand, you know, th- this is the third champion that he has fought in a row. He fought and defeated uh, uh, Marlon Marais. Then he fought and defeated Jose Aldo, sent him into retirement. And now he's fighting uh, Piotr Jan. So, you know, th- this is wonderful. And really, uh, Marab has been uh, the true gatekeeper for uh, Aljo because he's been taking out anybody who wants to come to get the title so that the title can stay there at Sarah Longo. Aljo has said that he's not long for this weight class, that he's looking to move up. Give Marab his chance to be the champion because they're not going to fight each other. So in order to give Marab his chance to hold the strap, he's going to be moving up soon. Will he be fighting uh, Triple C? It looks like it, and they've been going back and forth. Uh, I don't know uh, if you all have seen any of the, the, the things, but uh, backstage at 285, they got into it. Uh, so it, it's that's building, and more than likely, uh, that's the way that things will go unless he fights Sean O'Malley. You know, e- either way it goes, Marab should be a fight away from either the title or fighting maybe for an interim title uh but he he's really on the cusp of uh of not just title contention but fighting for a title uh that and as you stated jan talked all this stuff about aljo and his team so this is the third time that aljo's team has prepared for uh piotr jan and jan is a sambo practitioner he knows how to fight, you know, has been doing his thing for quite some time and has a good understanding. And his camp has an excellent understanding mm-hmm. of the facing because they've prepared for him now three times. You know, so I, I'm looking forward to seeing how everything plays out. Will Jan uh, get back into the winner's circle and keep himself uh, vying for a title or will Marab take the step that he needs to achieve the glory that he seems destined for yeah this is definitely big for both uh for both fighters Marab is currently the number three fighter um the current currently the number three ranked fighter um in the UFC uh, bantamweight uh rankings his last uh win was actually against uh Jose Aldo at UFC 278. Now, Jan, meanwhile, you know, as you stated, I mean, he's literally kind of uh, fallen out. Even his fight of the night against Sean O'Malley, which was his last loss, another loss for Jan can can possibly leave, leave him directionless almost. So um, that's definitely going to be a big deal to see. Make sure that you tune in uh, to uh, UFC Fight Night for that. Now, let's move on to a little boxing. Now, this Saturday, March 11th, at the Kudos Bank Arena in Sydney, Australia, Tim the Soul Taker Zoo. Soul Taker. His undefeated record in the ring for the vacant interim WBO junior middleweight title when he's going to be facing a former WBC middleweight champion in Tony Superbad Harrison. And about that, shockingly, has left Harrison, uh, for lack of a better word, shocked. Um, now he was shocked that this is even happening. Now, according to him, um, Zoo is the current WBO mandatory challenger for, uh, Jamel Charlo's championship, but he decided to actually take on Harrison while he waited, uh, for the champion's hand to heal to take that bout. Now, while the bout will take place in, uh, the soul takers home of Sydney, Harrison is the one person who's blemished Charlo's record and feels he would not have taken the bout, and feels like maybe Zeus shouldn't have taken the bout, and instead just kind of 
sat out and waited. Um, but he also questions Zoo's place as a challenger. Um, he recently stated, I think he's an excellent, excellent example for Australia. I think he's a tough competitor, and I think he's balls to the wall. But I like to win. You're going to get the best of Tim and in and out of everything he steps into that ring, right? But I do think he's a flawed Tim. I do think he hasn't faced any level of opposition. Now, Zeus heard that, <laughs> and he's remained gracious, even when speaking about Harrison, um, even stating that the way that he said that the way that he approaches the fight is that it's a next level fight, but he, he's not shying away from a challenge. Now, Tony Harrison is at 28. He said Tony Harrison is 28 years of age with 20 fights in. Someone would have to take a shot on him and do this, the same exact thing that's happening with me. Every champion was once a contender and every champion was once at the point where they would say their resume isn't good than the backlash. So, the funny thing about this is while Zoo is taking this, um, I guess to basically stay fresh uh, for the bout with Charlo, if Harrison wins, he potentially gets that shot instead of Zoo. So what, is, what are your thoughts on the fact that Harrison not only feels as though uh, Zoo should have uh, sat out, but also what are your thoughts on the fact that he feels as though that Zoo has not fought uh, too many great fighters uh, to be in his current position? Now, saying that he should have sat out and is now fighting against him, that doesn't bode well in my mind for Harrison because it sounds like he's like, okay, well, I mean, you really shouldn't be fighting anybody, but if you want to fight, then I, you know, I guess I'll fight you. And really, for Harrison, this is this is last hurrah. Uh, the man is like thirty nine years old. And uh, he hasn't really fought very actively uh, recently. Has he been active? Yes, he has been active because he is a trainer and I believe he trains Alicia Baumgartner. Uh, he may also uh, have a hand in training Clarissa Shields uh, with them uh, all being in that same area. So he's been in the ring. He's been active. He just hasn't been active as a fighter. Uh, the last time he fought, twice in a year was 2018 no it was 2019 the last time he won was in 2018 yeah, so um you know he he did win or sh yeah he did win his no it wasn't his last bout that was uh yeah he did he did win his last bout i took take that back but before then he hadn't won since 2018 he's had a draw uh and that win was over charlo in in uh 2018 but uh his most recent one i forget who it was against it it wasn't anyone uh sergio uh, garcia thank you thank you sergio garcia uh, you know but he's had draws he's lost to charlo again after talking big big game mm -hmm. you know, i beat you already and you know i'm I, you know i already won and, and so forth and so on and he gets knocked out so um again harrison i think he's got a point saying that uh tim's resume is paper thin he beat terrell gausha okay terrell gausha yeah you know the the biggest name on his resume is uh horn you know uh that that is the jeff horn that is the most notable fighter that uh the young zoo has uh faced and best because he's 21 and 0. so he he's got a point to say look you really haven't fought anybody especially you haven't fought anybody to be ranked number one now granted even though uh like you said tim has been very respectful and views uh harrison as a next level opponent this isn't the biggest opponent in his career you spoke mm -hmm. about charlo that fight was supposed to happen in january had charlo not gotten hurt he was training for it. they both were training for it getting ready uh to go into that fight so you know he he's had uh, that big camp feel, even though Harrison is the biggest name on his resume to date, he's had that big camp feel and he was getting ready to go in against the undisputed champion, the man who beat you to take the title in uh, Toronto. And really, this win, because for the, the interim title, 
should keep Zoo if he won in contention for that Charlo bout. I uh, also puts uh Harrison in there too, and with it being one to one, that that's a fight many people, you know, myself included, would like to see. Do I like Harrison's chances? Anything's possible, but especially as you get uh further and further along in life and you you know you, you're still fighting it doing anything sports wise gets a little difficult now is is what i find interesting about uh harrison's comments is even if you even if you don't feel as though zoo has fought a lot of bouts if you take a look at his record since 2017 He's either fought for a championship or he's defended a title every bout except maybe one. So, yeah, I mean, these are interim titles and intercontinental titles and world titles. Uh, or I shouldn't say world, uh, global uh, titles. It's, it's not the real thing. Even if you were a champion or you go to the you were a champion. So you still, I mean, you you might not be fighting that level of competition that he feels, but I mean, you know, you kind of got to give it to him a little bit. I mean, he shows up, he shows out, he's undefeated, so um, it's definitely a good look now for Harris. I know we talked about the possibility of him fighting Charlo, and he's fought him twice. And as you stated, um, he lost the last time. The last time that they fought, uh, he was actually knocked down, I believe, three different times before the referee actually just stopped the fight. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see how that plays out, um, especially considering the fact that many feel as though um, that Zoo has the ability to definitely go in and create a, a great match uh, with Charlo. So it'll be interesting to see. Now, moving on, this Friday, uh, March 10th, at the SAP Arena, SAP Center in San Jose, the bracket for the Bellator 292 Lightweight World Grand Prix Tournament uh, it's going to become significantly smaller. Now, in the night's co-main event, the number two rank takes on the number four rank when uh, Tofik Musayev takes on Alexander Shabili in an exciting bout. But it's one that has left both fighters a bit confused after neither received the title shot that they felt they deserved. Now, for Shabili, he actually beat uh, ex-champ uh, Brent Primus last year mm-hmm. in about he felt would make him the number one contender. Meanwhile, Musayev made his promotional debut filling in for the then-champion Pitbull and quickly defeated then-challenger uh, Sidney Outlaw in 27 seconds. And that left many to believe that he would become then the number two ranked uh, fighter and do for a title shot. Now, instead, both men are on the card in the co-main event but they'll be watching as Benson Henderson uh, will face Usman for that lightweight world championship on the other side of the bracket. Now, both fighters are seeing this matchup as a statement match and a precursor to championship gold. Voice, with both fighters making the statements that they feel as though they, they deserve to be in that championship bout, who do you feel needs this win more and who's the better matchup uh, potentially for Usman if he retains? As far as who needs it more, I don't know that either needs it more. Um, the person with seemingly the most upside and the one who has uh, more push behind them, uh, whether it be just because of, of the uh, absolute demolition job that he did against uh, Sydney Outlaw, stopping him in less than a minute. In their fight, uh, as well as being a former rising champion, it seems as if uh, Tofik would benefit more by winning uh, than uh, Shabli. I mean, yeah, he he's beat some people, but yeah, I mean, he he beat Brent Primus, which is no uh, that that's nothing to sneeze at. Don't get me wrong, that's nothing to sneeze at, but that's really like your first real. You know, notable victory as it was, well. It was a TKO though. Okay, but that's your first notable victory. Now, granted, again, he's probably not only did he beat Brent Premise, he's probably the first one to stop Brent Premise, at least mm-hmm. by strikes. So I'm not saying that what he did wasn't notable. 
is it enough to say yes you are supposed to be the next no um you know could it put you in contention yes but come on we have um i'm sorry you know let me save that for later uh but but the person who got it uh we're going to talk about why they got it in a moment uh, again i think it would they both need it because in order to be champion you're going to have to win for them on their side of the bracket you're gonna have to beat two different people just to fight for the title so in their title hopes they both need to continue to be victorious but as far as who has more to lose uh it'd be tofik mm, definitely well i mean it's gonna be a great bot and it's interesting um when you look at the numbers uh for the two so of note uh, Tofik's 20 career wins in MMA, 16 of those have come by a knockout. Now, in contrast, Billy comes into it into the quarterfinals. He's on a seven-fight win streak at 22 and three. Of the losses he has, he's never been knocked out. So it's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen. Most of the um, most of the media prediction I've, I've seen, everyone believes that it's going to be a first-round knockout uh, by Tofik, but. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out, but it's already going to be a stacked, amazing car. Bellator 292. Uh, make sure you tune in. Now, moving on, it's exciting, exciting news. The Voices Marquee Matchup. Let's go. This yeah. week's Marquee Matchup sees Michael Page return to the to Bellator after last year's loss um, in bare knuckle boxing. He actually received. Um, the okay from uh, Bellator to actually go and do that bout. He took that loss of Mike Perry, and he's coming in to fight uh, Yamaguchi, who, meanwhile, is coming to the bout on a three-fight win streak. So, Voice, tell us why this is this week's Voice's marquee matchup. Well, number one, MVP is must-watch. Anytime he's on the card, you want to be in your seat in front of the television because the potential for something spectacular to happen is very very high so anytime mvp's fighting you want to be there like you see he lost to storley after beating uh former champion douglas lima lost to storley in a disputed split decision for the interim uh championship as amasov was fighting in ukraine uh amasov then just dispatched storley like two weeks ago so um you know that that is what it is like you see he also lost to mike perry in bare knuckle fc i mean mvp is a world-class striker mm -hmm. you're losing to someone who really was made for bare knuckle being uh mike perry because he's just a brawler in all of your your striking glory including boxing professionally you can't beat mike barry in in bare knuckles so you 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 coming in really on two losses although technically it's only one because uh bare knuckle is not uh mma you know you, you you're coming in on two losses so this is really about redemption for uh mike uh, not Mike, I keep saying Mike Perry, uh, Michael Venom Page. Uh, sorry, M and P. So, yeah, forgive me. But this is really redemption for him and a possible title shot. Because I want to say I checked just before uh, we started, he's like ranked number two yes. in the welterweight division. So, he really could be and probably will be the champion. The only reason. Uh, that I believe that interim title came about was because of Amosov. I think he was already supposed to go in, Amosov fighting in Ukraine. I think he was supposed to fight Amosov, if I remember correctly, and they brought Storley in because Amosov was going to be out. They didn't know how long he was going to be out. They didn't know if he was ever coming back because, you know, he, he was in live combat defending his city. So, yeah, he, he needs this redemption and if he wants to stay relevant, well, he'll stay relevant. But if he wants to stay relevant when it comes to title contention, then he needs this victory. On the other side, though, is Goichi Yamaguchi, who's four and one in his last five fights. 
Uh, the one fight that he lost that went to a decision, but the four fights that he won, yeah, they didn't make it to the cards. He stopped all of them. Now, Yamaguchi is known for his ground game, but he's developed some striking too. His last victory over um, uh, Gracie, over Neiman Gracie, he knocked the man out, knocked him out cold with an uppercut. So, you know, his game is evolving. Uh, if he wants to win, the best shot is going to the ground because we all know that is not MVP's strength. And again, by and large, Yamaguchi is known for his grappling. So he's the perfect foil for MVP. Does he get a title shot for beating MVP as MVP might get for beating Goiti? I don't know, because you got Jason Jackson out there making a whole lot of noise saying I should be the next to fight for the title. So I, I don't know if he would get it with a win. Mm -hmm. Definitely won't get it with a loss. Uh, but to stay in that contention range, uh, just like with MVP, they've got to win. Uh, this is this should be <laughs> if Goichi's smart, this should be. Um, a standard grappler versus striker fight. Uh, uh, you know, that, that's what it should be. If Goiti is feeling himself, then he might be feeling himself getting up off the canvas. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be uh, Goiti's um, third bout since moving up to what's weight. He's actually 2 0. One win was by submission, another by uh, KO. And it's interesting, um, he actually has the most submission wins. In Bellator MMA history with nine, that. and he's tied for the most submission wins in Bellator lightweight division history with five. So that's definitely going to be uh, an interesting bout to see uh, between those two. That's your voices marquee matchup for this week. So make sure when you're watching, you scream out voices marquee matchup just like I did, or else it's not going to have the same effect. <laughs> now, <laughs> rounding out your weekend for combat sports, we have. The night's main event, now former WEC and UFC lightweight champion Benson Henderson is looking to make his championship aspirations a reality when he faces the young undefeated champion Usman in Friday's Grand Prix tournament quarterfinals. This is going to be for the lightweight championship. Now, the 39-year-old Henderson, who literally won his first championship at the same age as his 24-year-old opponent, says he really did not process how big of a deal it was the first time around. And now that he's wiser, he's taking a different approach considering how quickly in the tournament he's actually receiving the opportunity and actually understanding the moment. Um, he recently stated there's a lot of champions in the Grand Prix. There's eight of us. I think five or six were former world champions in MMA. There's a lot of tough guys in there, but definitely I appreciate the matchup. If you want to be champion, you have to beat everybody, right? It doesn't matter if you beat him here or here or here. It doesn't matter. You've got to beat him anyway. Uh, he said that to do so, he's literally going to have to study Usman because if you look at it, Usman is coming in 16 victories, eight by KO or TKO. Now, Henderson stated when looking at those numbers, He's looking to use his advantage of experience against Usman, stating he's 16-0. You can look up the combined record of his opponents. It's a little bit telling. He's still mm. the champion, and he's still the man right now, but definitely you can tell from his opponent's records that he doesn't have a ton of experience inside the cage yet. Now, Usman, meanwhile, he understands the challenge ahead and his advantage, stating uh, when speaking about Henderson, he's a legend. Good experience for me, and I will be ready. I know what he will do, but this is five rounds. Big fight, and I hope he will be healthy and in good shape. Now, it would be good to keep in mind, Usman has study material because Henderson defeated his teammate uh, Islam by decision actually at Bellator 273. So, Voice, I want to get your thoughts on Henderson's statements. Uh, not only his statement of, uh, the experience uh, going into the bout and, and how much of an advantage can it really be for them? Well, experience is huge, especially when um, it's a burgeoning 
career uh, in, in the fight world. This is a little different, though, because you've got all this experience. And, and true enough, he does. He does. But this is just like the Tony Harrison fight I was talking about. Like, this is his last hurrah. Yeah, you got a lot of experience. You've been fighting for 17 years. You're 39 years old, which for anything sports-wise, for the most part, is old. So, yeah, you, you got this experience. And he's had his ups and downs in Bellator. Uh, you spoke about him beating Islam Mamadov and uh, that being a teammate of Usman. Well, in the cage. He was talking to Habib because Habib was there. He was like, hey, you know, my contract's up. You know, I, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, I'd love to fight for you. It's like he, he was making a pitch and they wound up getting re-signed by Bellator. But really, unless he wins out, his career is, is pretty much done. Like, th this is it. This is his last shot at glory. And I love Benson Henderson. Uh, the, the, he fights with the toothpick in his mouth all the time. The, the dude is my dude. Love Benson Henderson. But I also have been watching Benson Henderson fight since he started fighting back in the WEC, which is why I love him. Uh, but he, he's got to win to maintain his relevance. He loses. He probably has another fight at the most two, and then it's a career for him. Whereas with Usman, he had his coming out party against Pitbull and everything that Henderson is saying about Usman, Pitbull said, like, you haven't fought anybody. You don't have the experience. And then Usman went in there and whooped the man from pillar to post for five rounds <laughs> and shut everybody. It was like, yeah, he may not have the experience on paper, but he got experience now. He went in there and, and, and beat the champ like it was a sparring match like pitbull was getting him ready for a fight <laughs> not not fighting for the championship and now being in the grand prix just like aj mckee who's also in the grand prix and fights pitbull next yeah this could be his star making run aj really came to prominence winning the featherweight grand prix this could be the same kind of thing for Usman. People are already talking about him, already talking about he's going to be in the UFC in the next you know, two years. So I don't know. He's doing good. He's making a name for himself there. And the way the pay is set up, unless they throw the bag at him, which they may, uh, and they may need to, I, I don't know that he'd be leaving Bellator. The one thing that I really want to see as far as this fight is concerned is, yeah, Usman has carried the pressure of being undefeated. He's carried the pressure of being a fighter out of uh, Eagle FC, you know, which is where Habib and, and uh, Abdul Manap have set things up where, where all these great fighters are coming from. He carries the Nurmagomedov name, which is royalty now in MMA and synonymous with excellence. But there's one thing that he has not had before that he has now, as far as pressure is concerned, he's had all those pressures, but now there's an added pressure, the pressure of being the champion and being a Nurmagomedov and coming from uh, Habib's camp and having an undefeated record. Pressure makes diamonds but it also bursts pipes, mm. which will be the uh, the way that pressure exerts itself in Usman's life. We'll find out when the pin drops, the cage door locks, the thumbs go up, and they start the clock. It's going to be interesting to see, definitely, because, uh, you know, like you said, Henderson is literally uh, kind of at the end. I mean, I hate to say it that way. Um, it, out of his last five, um, he's two and three with his other mm -hmm. win coming against uh coming in decision against Peter Quilly. Um, so that's definitely gonna be uh an amazing bout. Uh there's an amazing, amazing weekend 
of combat sports. You have everything from boxing uh, to MMA. So we definitely want to get you prepared. Uh, we're MTMV Sports. We are literally the fans creating a voice for ourselves. We do this for you. We have some amazing people, an amazing team of individuals. Uh, there's so many shows. I don't even want to name all the shows because I always miss it. And somebody's like, yo, you didn't name my show. But everything from not the same, uh, not the same uh, podcast to the V Report, um, MVP University, Full 94. There's a number of different shows that, that you can uh, view. And we have our upcoming uh, XFL uh, coverage, which is also going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. Also, make sure that you visit our website, MTMVPN, so that you can take a look at some of our merchandise. Also, catch some of the great articles that we have on our website and get to know some of the team. Uh, thank you for tuning in with this voice. Give us your last word, sir. Yeah, just uh, in, in last words, uh, as you can see scrolling at the bottom, uh, we're asking everyone specifically right now, subscribe to us on Spotify. Uh, we're trying to get to a certain level there, and your subscription will help. Just look for MTMV Sports there and subscribe. Like you said, we got a full full weekend of fights that bellator card is so stacked uh Ju- um Julius and Gleekis is fighting uh josh hill and cas bell are taking on each other enrique barzola is fighting eric perez valentin moldovsky is facing swarm vassal i mean just so much going on on that card and then excuse me uh in boxing you got uh you got takum fighting in paris you got diego pacheco and jack cullen in liverpool pfl challenger series on friday uh with impa kasangan i mean it's so many fights out there uh much too much for us to talk about in this uh wannabe half hour but more like an hour show uh <laughs> but yeah we we appreciate you all uh tuning in uh please subscribe and when you come on drop a comment tell us where you're from uh uh give us your take on the fights and on the conversation that we're having this is my team my voice and we want to hear your voice and we want to put your voice into the sports atmosphere so uh tune in chime in and let's have some fun together definitely thank you for joining us make sure you tune in with us every tuesday 7 15 p.m eastern standard time to smoke a clock smoke a clock show up we want to smoke tell us your thoughts Uh, Thank you for tuning in for another one. Uh, Voice take us out. Until next time, fight the good fight. What's up? It's the publisher here, Mr. Kelly Cole, and you're rocking with MTMV Sports. Keep it locked.